welcome to Sci-Fi Dig. I am your host, Aaron Makem. And last time I was talking to you about Hamilton Books in a rather, I felt was a rather large order that I placed there. And I've been going through, I got my order, I got everything because it came in two shipments because something was uh, currently out of stock. And I thought that I would share with everybody what I had purchased and um, some of the prices that I paid because it was relatively inexpensive. And if you're looking for certain items, then that might be the place for you to go and, and try to investigate that. Um, you know, I had talked about a bit about, you know, collecting physical media and the fact that, yeah, it takes space and yada, yada, yada. But, um, you know, it seems as though I, a lot of times I am in defense of physical media. I'm defending, you know, owning things on disc. And part of that is that when I started doing the show again and kind of changed the format up a little bit to, uh, you know, kind of focus on physical media because I'm just I'm surprised at how little there is out there. I was amazed at how many people had um, emailed me and said, you know, for the most part, I have given away all my or given away or, or you know, put all my discs in storage or whatever. And I now, you know, rely on streaming or some sort of uh, digital service in order to get my films and TV. Or some people have ripped them all to, uh, to you know, a hard drive somewhere. And, um, and then they have them. And although, I mean, I'm not knocking all that, but I mean, look, this week, um, Ultraviolet is announced they're shutting their doors. And, you know, it tells you to go to different service, which is fine. You know, most people have their services connected. The, the Movies Anywhere um, app has really helped to try to connect. When you get a get a film and you get a digital code and you redeem it, you can get it on multiple services now, which is kind of what we've all been looking for. Not everybody's playing with them, though. I mean, so you you know you still have a chance of not being able to um, to you know to watch that film on a different service or what have you. Um, you know, obviously. You know, I sign up for all the digital services that are available. I haven't, I think I've used Voodoo one time. I've watched a movie on there one time. And normally I use iTunes. And the reason I do that is because I can download the file and I actually have it. And since I have, like I said before, I have a little bit slower internet, I don't have to worry about there being a problem later on if anybody else wants to use the internet. You know, and a fine example of this is the other night. Um, I had one kid doing homework. I had one kid playing a, um, a tournament on Xbox, and so as to as so not to not to you know uh, screw the network up in any way for either one of them, I popped one of these DVDs in and I watched DVD. I didn't need any internet for that or anything else. I didn't have to worry about any lag and worry about anybody else having lag. I was just able to watch, you know, it on disc and. That's kind of, um, and I kind of like that. I mean, it, I, I still like, I still like the experience. I mean, yeah, I know some people are like, well, you know, if you're binging something, you can just click next. And I'm like, well, you get like five or six episodes on a disc. A lot of times, you can just click next then, and then it's not going to hurt you to get up, move around a little bit, get the blood flowing. You know, put the next one in, burn two calories. It's fine. You know, I'm down with that. Um, loading it up is never a pain in the butt. You just push power and boom. And we, wherever I left off. If I push stop and turn the power of my DVD player, as soon as I turn it back on, it picks up right where I left off. There's no menu or anything anymore. It just jumps right into it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, the, the experience has always been good for me. And I love finding the deals. And I love the fact that there are things on disc that people are always saying, hey, have you seen this? You know, can you find this? Do you have this? Because it's not available anywhere else. 
And that's part of the fun of like, yeah, I mean, this is, it makes you feel like a little archiver, you know, um, because the stuff is so hard to find. Nobody wants to pay a fortune to see something. Um, it's nice to have copies of it here. And again, it's not like I'm running around um, grabbing everything, but it is funny because as time goes on and you see things that, you know, you enjoy, you start to realize, man, I really enjoy this, uh, this particular actor or this particular director, and I wouldn't mind having a collection of their work. And your your taste changed from, you know, for me it was collecting all this science fiction stuff that was available that hadn't been available before. The day when they did the massive, you know, there was just a massive amount of DVDs released in the, uh, you know, mid to late 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, they were releasing all kinds of shows on, t- on DVD that, um, all kind of television series that hadn't been released before. And so, and obviously the prices of these were really expensive and eventually the, everything came down. But it is a matter of, you know, you started out collecting that and then collecting your favorite shows and things like that. And then you, you start to change a little bit. You start to, start to um, I, don't, I, I don't, you don't, I guess you don't have to change, but for me, it's kind of fun to be like, okay, well, I want to get all John Carpenter's film on, on Blu-ray or D- DVD or however you get them. And, you know, and then you maybe you're gonna see stuff you've never seen before. You know, there were for the longest time I never saw um, Assault on Precinct 13, and um, you know, after the new one came out, the remake came out, I was like, I've never seen this movie. So I hunted down a DVD and, and I and I watched it, and I you know I liked it, but I never would have done it otherwise. And the fact that you know you can find these things, and I mean, there's a million ways you can go to Second Spin, which I guess is an offshoot of Fye, and. The discs on there are relatively inexpensive. I mean, you can get, they always they have coupons. You sign up for things, they have coupons all the time. So if there's something you want to see that's out of print or hard to find. Uh, well, I wouldn't say out of print because they're out of print stuff they know about. And they do charge a pretty penny for that. But there's a lot of things you can pick up that people might not be as interested in as they used to be. And there's been a, a few cartoon sets of classic cartoons that I've wanted. And I've saved like a quarter of what I would have spent on buying it brand new. Um, if, in fact, you can find it. Anyway, um, this is a lot, a lot of way for me to justify my purchase, but it's just also it, it, the more I thought about it and the more I talked about some, with some of my friends, um, we all kind of come from the same conclusion. You know, yeah, when we're all older, so it's like we don't want to have a bunch of crap when we kick the bucket, you know, but at the same point in time, I mean, I look at it like this, I kick the bucket, it's no longer my problem. But um, there are a set few things that, um, I don't want anybody to throw out everything else. I don't care. Um, but there are some items that, that you know, I, you're never going to see again. You know, you're never, there are certain things on Blu-ray and, and DVD, well, especially like DVD that there were special editions of. You're never going to see those again. They're not going to, there's not going to be a reprint. I, I, that Dungeons and Dragons set that I talked about a few weeks ago is one of them, not the Mill Creek one, but the other one that comes in the Dungeons and Dragons box looks just like the game with all the specials and everything. You're never going to see something like that again because you're never going to put the effort in because everybody subscribes to an all-you-can-eat streaming service and they just watch whatever's on there um, rather than trying to um, see what else is available. And I get it. I mean, I'm not knocking it because you go to Netflix and you can get lost in there. Like I go to Netflix. If I don't have something queued up, 
um, I, I spend 20 minutes trying to figure out what to watch next because I want I you know I'm like I want to spend my time wisely. I want to see something I haven't seen. But then you spend your time just browsing and seeing what all there is or what you're in the mood for. Because I don't watch stuff unless I'm in the mood for it. The same way I don't read things if I'm not in the mood for it. Like if I'm in the mood for horror, I'm not going to watch a science fiction movie. I'm going to see if I can find something horror. I'm going to go to my shelf and pull down something that I haven't watched because you know part of the collecting thing <laughs> is that. I snatch up good deals when they're when they're to be had, and sometimes the thing will sit there in plastic for a year before I open it, because I know and, I, and I'll never get it that cheap again. A prime example of that is I buy the Flash TV series on Blu-ray when it comes out, and uh, when it's when it's on sale, because I know at some point in time I love, the Flash is one of my favorite characters, and I know I'm going to go back and rewatch all that. Now, you can't find it as cheap as. When I buy it on sale, like for example, the latest, um, not, the, not the, the current season, but the season before the I believe it was season four, it's ten bucks. It's nine ninety nine on Amazon right now on Blu Ray. So I bought it, and it would probably sit there in plastic until I go back and do a complete rewatch. But um, all the other seasons that I bought for nine ninety nine are twenty twenty five dollars right now, and so I try to go in and grab them when they're inexpensive, and then um, at a later date have the time to sit down and watch them because. You know, as when you collect anything in life, you know, you don't have time for, you know, if it's something, if it's media, you don't have time to consume it all. The same thing with books or comics, uh, music, things like that. I mean, music, at least you have a one-up because you can listen to it all the time while you're doing other things, which is what I do. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I've gotten digital on pretty much everything else, but I have not gotten digital on films and TV. And I, I mean, part of it is just the, the, the mass amount of bandwidth it takes to uh, stream it and the mass amount of bandwidth. Um, well, it's just the fact that I, I guess it, not only is it bandwidth, but it's quality. I think you get better quality on Blu-ray and, and DVD and 4K than you can out there. And there's and I know that there are some good quality transfers out there, but I, I like all the special features as well. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, with music, I have a Spotify account, but I also have several hundred CDs that I'm never going to part with because when I, when I get down to a band that I like, um, I pop it in the, in the car CD player and the quality, you know, I listen to it and you're like, oh my God, how have been, how have I been listening to compressed music all this time? It's just, it's just, the difference is night and day. It just sounds so freaking good. And I kick myself for not, um, listening to more stuff on CD because, um, right now, it's like I said before, my stereos is, I have components and, and they're apart. I haven't found somewhere that I'm happy with to, uh, set it up because I never know where I will listen to music. And that's the one thing about, you know, having, um, MP3s or you know uh, compressed streaming services, you can listen to it anywhere, you know, and that's kind of nice. Anyway, with all that being said and all that defense of what I bought, I wanted to share some of the things that I got and um, what uh, you know the prices on these because the prices were really good, and I think it was a four or five dollar shipping fee, flat shipping fee, and the box was huge. So the first thing I got was Incarnate on Blu-ray. Actually, it's a Blu-ray DVD uh, digital combo. Um, it was five. It was six bucks. I'm gonna round all these up. I got the the complete master series on Blu-ray, which I've wanted since they announced it because I loved this series as a kid. I mean, I loved it, and it just kind of fell off the face of the earth. It was hard to find anything about it. I mean, you couldn't find information about it anywhere. And at some point in time, there was a torrent going around that had all the uh, all the episodes in it, but it, it, the quality was pretty decent. It wasn't great. But I always wanted it, like, I, I guess I wanted an official release because I wanted it to be acknowledged because this was a really fun series. 
And um, they did like a release a while back, but didn't have all the episodes. So this came out from Kino Norbo, Kino Lorbo, and when they announced it, it was forty five bucks, and I'm like, I'm not paying forty five bucks. I think there's only ten episodes, and I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I know forty five dollars like it. I mean, if I never see it again for forty five bucks, I wasn't going to do it. It went on sale around Christmas time for twenty on Blu-ray, and I tried to get it, and it was out of stock. So I was like, well, I'm just going to skip it. It'll come back around again. I thought it would come back around again for twenty bucks, um, and then Hamilton Books. Um, a friend of mine, Shane, sent me a link and said, you see how cheap this is? And I could not believe it. It's $8 for the Blu-ray. So I went there to get it, and it was out of stock. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to – when it's out of stock on Hamilton, it, they just don't show it. They had a DVD, but they didn't have the Blu-ray. And the DVD – because Kino also released a, released a DVD as well. I don't know what released dead means, but I meant released. And I didn't want the DVD, obviously. I wanted the Blu-ray. So when I got a bag of stock, that's when I went back to Hamilton and realized that there's a lot of things here I can look through and, and get excited about. So I got that set for $8 on Blu-ray, and they just did it, and it's been cleaned up and everything. So I was super pumped about that. Um, while I was on there looking around, um, I was putting the order together. What And what I like about Hamilton um, books when you click on add to cart, you don't leave the page. It just highlights that it's in the cart. And I love that when I'm, because I like to go and I like to throw a whole bunch of stuff in there. Anything that catches my eye, then go to my cart and then start throwing stuff out that I don't want. Because there's a lot of movies I come across that I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if I've ever seen them or if it's something up my alley, but I'll read the description after I throw it in the cart. I'll go back. So um, I was doing that and I was like, well, I'm going to look at DVDs while I'm here because why wouldn't I? You know, and just see what there is because I'm not, I have nothing against DVDs. And some people are like, oh, you don't want the DVD, you want the Blu ray. And I'm like, well, some things aren't on Blu ray. And sometimes a DVD, if it's super cheap, is uh, worth it to see the film. I mean, it was good enough for us for years. So it's good enough for me now. But I picked up Forever Night, the uh, um, part ones and part two. You do not have part three. Part three is going for a pretty penny on Amazon. Um, I don't think it's out of print. I just think that it, it is uh, something that's. Um, you want to get it, and it's kind of expensive. Um, if you remember Forever Night, it was on CBS, CBS at night. They had that in Silk Stockings, and um, the one with the judge who was a vigilante at night. Um, and I loved all those shows. At the time, you know, we didn't have – there wasn't 8 million stations, so that was what you watched at night. It was always a fun thing to watch. I liked Forever Night well enough, but – if you remember, at the end of season two, they started killing off a lot of the main characters, and season three was kind of, it wasn't a reboot, but it brought in a whole bunch of young people, and I didn't care about the story anymore because we kind of lost the thread. There was, you can't make me care about Nick's new partner, who I've known for half an hour, as opposed to, you know, his partner, who I've known for two seasons. So I don't really, um, you know, or Nick's new boss or his new neighbor or any of that stuff. I couldn't care about any of those things because... There was no attachment. There was no buildup. We'd already built up Nick, but we hadn't spent enough time character developing any of their characters. And, you know, obviously these shows were made kind of on a cheap, but they were fun. And I always kind of wanted to go back and revisit it, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. And I didn't know if I, I didn't know if I wanted to watch a whole season or like two episodes or what I wanted to see. But the uh, <laughs> they, call it, they call them the trilogies. It says Forever Night, the trilogies. So basically you have three sets, which is three seasons. So I got part two for $5.95, so I couldn't pass that up. 
I got Battle Dogs on Blu-ray for $4. I got Dog Soldiers on Blu-ray for $5. Now, Dog Soldiers, some people complain about the transfer. I've, I've actually watched that one. Transfer is not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, it's at least as good as DVD, if not better. It's not super grainy or anything. It's a fun movie, and for 5 bucks, I wasn't going to pass it up. I got the Neverwhere 15th Anniversary Edition. Um, that was on BBC. It was a miniseries. I probably watched it way back in 2006 on DVD. It was $6. Um, and then what, what attracted my eye to that was that uh, my daughter had a class, and they talked about Neil Gaiman and Sandman and stuff like that, and we talked about Neverwhere. And I said, well, there's a show. And I said, you might like. And I thought the show was done really good, uh, really well. Oh, God, I cannot speak today. And I was interested in sharing that with her, but of course there was nowhere for me to find it. And so when I came across this, I'm like, that's ah, about four years late, but um, I got it. You know, that was the thing that she ended up shipping by itself because it was out of, out of stock. But um, I, I can't wait to sit down and watch that with her. I got V, the original miniseries, for six dollars. Now, um, you know, you could there, there were some problems with, with V. Obviously, the, the television series itself. Um, had a lot of issues, right? Um, because they just, they, I mean, it was bare bones um, when it comes to spending money on it. They did not invest a whole lot of anything into it. But however, the miniseries, if you were around when that aired, that was a game changer because that was something that nobody had ever seen before, this kind of sci-fi. And what was great about it for me was at the time, this was um, a miniseries on network TV. It was mass market appeal and people who had never spent time um, wasted, you know, they're like, I don't waste my time with sci-fi. They start watching this and they got sucked in. I remember going to school and everybody, teachers, students, everybody talking about the, the, the episode the night before. Everybody was into it. And then they did a second miniseries and then they did a series from that. And second miniseries wasn't quite as good, but the uh, the TV series was just bad. I mean, I liked it. Um, there's a lot of problems with it. We had Michael Ironside brought him in to try to, you know, pump everything up. There was a lot of things about it that I did enjoy, but they spent no money on it. I mean, it was it was horrible. <laughs> the the uh, special effects were bad. It, they took away the things with the voices that they did. That's how you can tell them apart. Any anything that they like backtracked on a lot of stuff that they spent money on before, and it was uh, it was kind of sad they did that because it could have been something great. But I think the miniseries itself, the original miniseries, that is a uh, a masterpiece for many reasons. Um, told a great story. It told a, a complete story. We didn't have to have anything else after that, but they decided to make more. Um, it was just really well done. It hit political buttons as well, which good sci-fi normally does. Um, it had nice special effects, considering, and um, you really connected to all the characters. I just thought it was a really well done thing. Anyway, so that was six bucks. I could not pass that up. Tech War, the complete series, I've been looking for this forever. It was $10. Um, that and one other item were the most expensive items. $10 is the most I paid for any single item in the order. Now, the Tech War, the complete series, is the series only. There are no movies. If you remember, there were I think there were three miniseries or three movies before that. Um, this is when PTEN was on. Primetime Entertainment Network was a thing. And, you know, they had Xena and Hercules and, and um, even Babylon 5. So they had um, – this was during that time frame. And I've always liked Tech War. I, I'm not saying that it's a masterpiece by any means. But it was a detective show that had science fiction elements to it. And I really 
um, I really enjoyed that about it, that we had these things and we, and we reused them. We didn't bring out some element and never mention it again. So if you had a flying car, you had a flying car in every episode. You know, if you had a, if you had a laser gun, you had a laser gun in every episode. So I, I like the fact that it was uh, put together like that. And it's kind of like comfort food to me. It's just a very um, even-handed, and, and, I, and I enjoy the story. I, I mean, I didn't get, like, completely sucked in, but it's just something I sit back and I watch, and I kind of check my brain at the door and, and relax and enjoy. And so um, that is the other thing that I've watched out of the set, out of what I've purchased so far. Um, everything else I haven't gotten to yet, but I started watching that like, four or five episodes in, and I just love it. It's just a fun show. I mean, people might not like it, but I loved it. And although the miniseries were a little more well put together, I call them miniseries, but because I want, I thought that they, they, they I call them miniseries because there was three movies that aired like three weeks in a row when they aired, I think. And at that point, we didn't know if we were going to get a series. So, I mean, if you, those of you that don't know, Tech War is a series of books written, written by William Shatner. And there was a lot of books in the series. I think I read the first six and then, um, I just kind of lost track of it because there are things that come up. And when they announced a series, I thought, of course, they're going to do a series. And I really enjoyed it. But um, the uh, the movies were a lot um, – had a little bit more money put into them. And they, they developed the characters a lot more. By the time we get to the series, we know who everybody is. We don't spend time redeveloping those characters because we know them from the movies. And you just run with it, you know. Yeah, but it's enjoyable. I like it. I got the the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I've already seen this, but I wanted to have a copy. It's on. It's like a, I got the Blu-ray DVD digital combo for six dollars. I didn't want to pass it up. But it's a really funny movie. Makes me laugh. Um, Inglorious Bastards was four dollars. I couldn't pass that up. Carrie the remake, which I liked a lot. We saw that together as a family in the theater. Kind of scared everybody a little bit. It was an enjoyable film. It was three bucks on Blu-ray, so I wasn't passing that up. I don't even think I can get it for three bucks in a pawn shop used, you know. So three bucks, I wasn't going to knock it. Um, Forever Night Part One, I got that one for five ninety five or six bucks on DVD. War of the Worlds, the series. I talked about this on the show um, a long time ago. <laughs> um, I talked a lot about a lot of these things on the show a long time ago. But War of the Worlds, War, War of the Worlds. I'm going to screw that up a hundred times recording this because I cannot say it. It is a tongue twister. It's tough. It aired after um, The Next Generation on Saturday nights. They showed Next Generation at um, 1 o'clock. I think it was 1 o'clock on Saturday night after um, they showed it after Saturday Night Live. And so from 1 to 2, that was on. I believe from 2 to 3, War of the Worlds was on. And at the time, it was like three episodes into the first season. I had no idea what I was watching. I just got sucked in. I'm like, what's this other science fiction show that I know nothing about? And... Um, so I get, just really got sucked into watching it and I enjoyed it and I went back and I revisited it later on when it came out on DVD, I rented it from Netflix and it, it does not hold up. There's a lot of, a lot of problems with it, but what I like about it is the fact that, um, you're able to tell a science fiction type story without laser guns and stuff like that. I think like the X-Files. Remember when that came out and it was how, how groundbreaking that was that they were using science fiction, but they were doing it in today, you know, today. And there wasn't laser guns or transporters or any of those things. And that's kind of how War of the Worlds is. You know, the basic idea is you have a – when they invaded Earth, they have a, um, a committee. And they send these aliens down. They look like humans. And then they have to find the humans – they had to find the people who look like humans and take them out. And um, the idea is to kind of break the uh, the 
the strategy that they have break their their whole game plan, you know, which is the initial evasion was to drop these people off, these aliens off, and now they're trying to activate these agents and um, take over the planet. Um, War of the Worlds is kind of confusing on DVD because it says War of the Worlds the first season and then they have War of the Worlds the final season. There's only two. I had to go look that up because I wasn't going to buy it if I couldn't get the whole thing. So I did get the first season and the final season, and they were both, I'm pretty sure they were both $8. Um, and you can't find this streaming anywhere. I couldn't find it. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. And so I'm like, I'm going to get this because um, I want to have, this is something that, this was one of those ones that I saw this, it really hit home with me. I know it's not good now. You know, it doesn't hold up very well now. But at the time, it was it was groundbreaking to see something like this on television. And I could not... Uh, I, yeah, I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic, so I didn't want to uh, pass up the opportunity to pick it up, so I, I did. Um, I didn't want to pay a bunch of money for it, but at $8, I'm not going to knock it. Black Scorpion, a television series that came out in the 90s. Um, women who are like vigilantes who are dressed rather scantily, but um, pretty good stuff. I had not seen this, and I came across it, and I thought this looks like something that might be kind of fun. So it was $10, so I figured for $10 um, for an entire season of television, I wasn't going to pass it up. The Alien vs. Predator double feature on Blu-ray for $6, I picked that up. Um, the movies aren't great, but I have I only have one of them, and it's on DVD, so I wanted to uh, go back and revisit those at some point in time, especially since the new Predator, Predator movie dropped and um, kind of reminded me of some things I liked about the Predator, and I wanted to go back and um, kind of have... Now I have the whole collection. I think I have, I have all the Alien films and... I have all the Predator films except for the brand new one. And hopefully I'll be able to find that for six bucks at one point in time. Conquest. Um, this was on, I believe this is on Blu-ray, but it was $8. I couldn't pass it up. It's a horror movie. Um, <clears throat> here's one I came across a couple years ago, and I thought, I need to see this movie. There's a, there was a string of movies that were coming out that had bizarre names and were just action films filled with blood there's just a bunch of bunch of different ones i mean not even from the same studio but just kept popping up like if you remember machine gun girl big fan of that film um and these films kept kept popping up and i came across this one i was like i gotta watch that at some point in time but i think at the time it was like 20 bucks and i'm like i'm not gonna pay 20 bucks for it I'm like hopefully it'll stream at some point in time kind of forgot about it fell off the radar and then i saw it and it's called nude nuns with big guns and it was uh, on Blu-ray for six bucks. I could not pass this up. I, I can't wait to watch it. So I just I threw it in the cart, and then when I weeded everything out, I just hung on to it. I got The Visit, which I haven't seen yet. It was $5 on Blu-ray. Um, the War of the Worlds, the first season, was 8 bucks on DVD. Um, picked that up. Couldn't wait. To, like I said, I talked about that. Can't, can't wait to go back and revisit some of those episodes. Hell and Back is an animated comedy. I wanted to check it out after I read the synopsis. I thought, this sounds pretty fun. It was 6 bucks on Blu-ray. And the last item I got was Gorillas in the Mist on Blu-ray. It was $4. Um, I loved this movie when I was younger. And um, my daughter is uh, interested. We've talked about uh, Diane Fossey several times. I said, have you ever seen a movie? And she said no. And as soon as I saw it, actually that and The Master were the first two things I put in my cart. And I thought I was done. But I was not done because um, I kept going and going and going. And there's a lot of things I left behind because I'm like, I'll go back at a later time. I'm like, this is buying everything all at once. Um, I was I was super happy to get to Forever Night and the War of the Worlds and Techmore because I think these things are going to be gone and you're never going to be able, have a way to watch them again. So I wanted to grab them while I had the opportunity and add them to my collection. So that was my order. That's what I picked up. And um, I 
just enjoyed the heck out of it. I mean, I'm just I'm happy with my purchase. Like I said, I had some buyer's remorse there in the beginning, but I am happy. As I look through the box, I, there's a lot of things that I can't wait to see and dig into. And, and you know, it, it's weird. Isn't it weird how there are certain things that give us delight? I like, I like the term delight or put a smile on our face when we're doing it. And I, I just, I mean, I love science fiction. I just love some of the cheesy stuff. And I can't, uh, and, I, and I love looking back at, you know, historically in the 80s and 90s when they were trying to pump out science fiction, but they weren't sure how to do it without without a lot of money. And you you watch it now and you think, man, the amount of money that they spent on um, cameras and film stock and things like that, in a digital age, you save so much money on that. They could have actually spent the same amount of money and probably gotten all the all the effects that they wanted as well. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff to, uh, that they did that you know um, can now could be done so inexpensively. But the upside of that is they had to concentrate on story. They had to concentrate on amping up the tension um, and the and whatever action like fisticuffs they could do in those series. And the mystery they had to, they had to work on all these things, and that's why I like these shows because they focused on that. It seems that we did go through a stretch of time where we made everything spacey and and it was science fiction, and there were ships, and they come up with their own terms for their weapons and things like that. And they spent a lot of time on that, but they and but they pumped money into special effects, didn't really make a lot of sense, and the story was bad. That's one of the things I've always liked about Doctor Who is that they focused on the story because they didn't really have a choice. Um, and that's why I like going back and revisiting this because sometimes you come across something that they've done. that Although it might be a trope you've seen a dozen times in science fiction, but you're like, wow, they really pulled that off for the amount of money that they had. I mean, that really sucked me in there for those, you know, either for this story or those few minutes or whatever. I really got involved with what was going on and stopped focusing on um, – how bad some of the effects are, how bad some of the set dressing is and things like that. And, it, and I like those moments. It's, it's just an interesting. It's a looking at the history of science fiction. And that's why I said, like, I, I've been a science fiction fan for as long as I can remember. And I love all of this stuff. I just can't help. I mean, I, I can when I say it's bad doesn't mean I won't watch it. You know, I'd be like, ah, this is bad. But um, like I said, in my life, I can name two films that I turned off partway through because I just couldn't. Couldn't and, and both those weren't science fiction films. Um, you know, I, I try to stick with everything and and see where it goes. And I just love this stuff. I mean, that's the thing about this show. If you listen to me, I'm going to gush about all this stuff because I love it. It just it brings me happiness. I just love science fiction. Has been a part of my life more longer than anything else. I mean, it has been a. This has been the one thing that I have always been involved in. I've always loved, and I've always just try to devour as much of it as possible, whether it be TV, books, comics, um, even audio dramas. I, I just love all this stuff. I, I mean, some of it's better than others. Some of it, yeah, I'm just like, okay, I listen to it or I watch it, I kind of forget about it. But when I'm when I'm partaking in it, I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean? So that's, anyway, that's the show this week. We're at about 30 minutes. I was trying to, trying to keep these kind of short. And um, I got something real exciting that happened to me that I'm going to talk about next time that um, I, I discovered a movie that I didn't know about and I get super excited about. But I'll talk about that next time. If you want to reach me, you can email me at sapphidig at gmail.com. You can find me on oh, the, some of the different social media platforms. I'm on Telegram. I'm on, I'm on WhatsApp. Um messenger i do uh i have an instagram account it's sci-fi dog if do not uh 
scroll through my photos if you don't like dead things. Yes, I take pictures of dead things because when I run, there are dead things on the road. And I thought it would be funny one day to take a picture of it and start my own Instagram about it. And then my daughter said, well, just hashtag it. And I'm like, yeah, but what would I do? And she said, Roadkill Runner. So look under Roadkill Runner. And um, I am the only one that hashtags like that, and uh, or at least thus far. And you can see the various dead deer and all. Oh, there's been all kind of things, some chipmunks, plenty of birds, snakes, all kind of stuff that gets run over by cars here that I put on there. Might be kind of morbid, but the first time I did it, I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. And, and now I just do it all the time because... I don't know. I'm a sick individual, but it's funny. But if you don't like those sort of things, then don't don't hit me up on there. It's Sci-Fi Dog. But I also take pictures of other things as well. But you can message me there or share any information you have there if you want to chit-chat about science fiction. I'm here, and I, uh, I love talking about it. So until next time, this is Aaron for the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast. Over and out.